Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour, bonjour. Oh, I'm so grateful for this connection and the opportunity to transcend time and space to be with you. Thank you for joining with me. We're joining for a healing and holy purpose. We have everything we need within us, and we are fully and completely supported in the invisible, in the most magnificent ways. This is true. So let's begin with a blessing. We place our hand on our heart. Take that breath of love and gratitude. So grateful for the power of prayer operating in our heart and in our mind. We are intent on remembering the truth, trusting the truth. We are intent on partnering up with that higher Holy Spirit self and being led and guided to relinquish the blocks to love to remember our true nature and our true identity is perfect wholeness. We are grateful and thankful to tap into harmony, the nature of the divine is harmonious. And since we are part of God, harmony is our nature too, and we are willing to tap into it here and now and to live a harmonious life. We are grateful and thankful to open ourselves to clear knowing of the unity of all life. We're accepting the atonement for ourselves. We're grateful and thankful that there is no separation, nor has there ever been, nor could there ever be. In gratitude, we share the benefits with all. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 All right, so it's funny the topics that Spirit gives me, but this week, how to live harmoniously. Boy, it's been coming to me so strong for about the last month or so to focus on living a harmonious life, which I pretty much do. And still, my personality was, I, I really cultivated this constant taking offense and judging, attacking everything. And because I tr- really focused on being critical and judgmental and attacking, uh, I, I thought that was how I could create a safe space for myself is if I was always on the offense. The best defense is a good offense. And because I really felt so wrong and bad, evil even, that I was defending myself all the time. And the best offense, best defense is a good offense. So that's how I lived my life. So I'm I'm still untraining myself from that. Um, but even in the last month, I have just every day, multiple times a day, getting this prompting from spirit to share with others about focusing on living a harmonious life that that is a very deep spiritual practice in and of itself. And so, and I can say looking back that that was one of the pillars, if you will, of my spiritual transformation was the decision to be more harmonious. So in in thinking about this, contemplating this for today, one of the things that came to me is just the word harmony itself. It's not used a lot in A Course in Miracles, but it is in there. And 
it's if we think of harmony the primary definition would be something related to music and the way that musical notes go together uh, that it's not discordant it's harmonious so when something is harmonious, when the music is harmonious, it's about the relationship between the notes. That there's some kind of progression. I'm not a musical person. I've never studied music. So I, I, I don't know that I have all the words to describe it. But that's my understanding of harmony is it has to do with the relationship between the notes. And when we think of life being harmonious, we do think about the relationships between things. Uh, If you were going to say a room looks harmonious, it would be about the relationship between the furnishings and the decor and things like the placement of objects makes it feel harmonious. It's about the relationship between the things in the room. And when we have a harmonious relationship, it is about how the people move together and how they they live together, they work together, they relate to each other. It's about that relationship. So living a harmonious life means that your relationship to existence, to other people, to animals, to the earth, it's all in a, the relationship is all put together in a way that the relationships between each thing, there is a sense of they fit together in a way that feels right and true. And it it, it also reminds me of, in the course, the section in the manual for teachers, actually, chapter 4, the characteristics of God's teachers. There's, There's no characteristic called harmoniousness but there is one on joy and there is one on gentleness and could we have a joyful life that's not harmonious I don't think you can I really do not think it's possible to have a joyful life that's not harmonious so cultivating harmony in our experience of life, in our relationship to life. Of course, it's going to start in our mind, but that is going to lead us to joy. That feels like a clear path to me. Now, the joy is the fifth characteristic of God's teachers, and they they do seem to go in some kind of order. Trust is number one, and it's the foundation. So presumably, these characteristics are in order of essentialness. The second characteristic is honesty, which Jesus describes as consistency, constancy, uh, and that that makes perfect sense to me that if we're not consistent we're not being honest right so if we're saying we want the peace of god but we're not being consistent in choosing the peace of god are we being honest about actually wanting the peace of god desiring the peace of god intending the peace of god if we're not actively choosing it. doesn't make sense, right? Could we be honest about really desiring the peace of God and not choosing it? It doesn't make sense. 
that we actually, it, it's, it seems untrue, it seems false. Well, we kind of sort of sometimes would like the peace of God, but not all the time. And that's where we are. We're in that place of not being consistent. We're cultivating consistency. For me, it's been so helpful not to judge where I am, but to focus on my intention of the direction in which I am pointed. And to be grateful for every choice I make that increases my sense of peace and harmony and joy. All my loving choices. Let me celebrate them. Let them not go uncelebrated because each loving choice I make is a victory. And there are times when I, particularly in the past, when it, the practice was so rigorous for me because I was really focused on undoing these patterns of attack, lack, attack, limitation, and separation. That was just the constant stew my mind was in. And so I had constant practice. And there were times when I would be so focused on the negative. It was so appealing to me. It was so attractive to me. And when I could pull my mind away from it, authentically choosing love, I would say, victory is mine, victory is mine, victory is mine. Yes, victory is ours. I encourage you to have touchstones and catchphrases that when you feel impatient, but you don't express it, you don't need to tell everybody about it. You can instead tell spirit about it. Spirit, I feel so intensely agitated right now. And I am willing to choose the peace of God. Show me how. I am willing. You will notice that it shifts and changes if you mean it. If you mean it, if you're willing. You might have to drop that judgment like a hot potato. Drop it like it's hot. (laughs) And... In that moment, when you drop it, victory is mine, victory is mine, victory is mine. All glory to God, victory is mine. I am choosing the divine. So, in in the manual for teachers, in the section, uh, it's, it's uh, section 7, in chapter 4, on the characteristics of God's teachers, Jesus is telling us that generosity has a special meaning to the teacher of God. It's just two paragraphs, so I'm going to read that here. It is not the usual meaning of the word. In fact, it is a meaning that must be learned and learned very carefully. Like all The other attributes of God's teachers, this one rests ultimately on trust. For without trust, no one can be generous in the true sense. And uh, I'll say here that for years now, I've been talking about praying to be patient, to be kind, to be compassionate, and to be generous of heart. To me, generous of heart is extending love. So let's go back here. He says, To the world, generosity means giving away in the sense of giving up. To the teachers of God, it means giving away in order to keep. Remember, he teaches us to have, give all to all. This has been emphasized throughout the text and the workbook. But it is perhaps more alien to the thinking of the world than many other ideas in our curriculum. 
Its greater strangeness lies merely in the obviousness of its reversal of the world's thinking. It's in the clearest way possible, and at the simplest of levels, the word means the exact opposite to the teachers of God and to the world. The teacher of God is generous out of self-interest. This does not refer, however, to the self of which the world speaks. The teacher of God does not want anything he cannot give away because he realizes it would be valueless to him by definition. What would he want it for? If you can't give it away, what would you want it for? So precious. He could only lose because of it. He could not gain. Therefore, he does not seek what only he could keep, because that is a guarantee of loss. He does not want to suffer. Why should he ensure himself pain? But he does want to keep for himself all things that are of God, and therefore for his Son. These are the things that belong to him. These he can give away in true generosity, protecting them forever for himself. I love this so much. The teacher of God does not want anything he cannot give away because he realizes it would be valueless to him by definition. What would he want it for? Mm. Oh, so beautiful. Let's live this way. To have, give all to all. Let's value that which is truly valuable. This is the time for it. So right now, as this is being broadcast, it's early August 2020, and the pandemic is raging here in the United States. People are experiencing tremendous loss, If they're poor, the wealthy are getting fantastically more wealthy and the poor are just becoming so poor. It's a very challenging time for many people and for people who are not financially or physically challenged. It might be mentally or emotionally challenging. Everybody's got their challenge, wherever it is. And for those of us who are spiritual students, many of us, the invitation is to deepen our spiritual practice. I can't remember if I've shared about this before, but uh, I I will listen to some of the folks. uh, I I don't have television, so I, I will watch things on YouTube. I don't watch the news. I, 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 because it's it's just not healthy for me. There's no advantage to me to watch the news at this point in time, but I do um, read the headlines of a few newspapers and uh, some articles. But I do listen to some things on YouTube, things that make me laugh. Uh, I love cat and dog videos. I love all kinds of little things that just become a little little entertainment or something like that while I'm cooking or um, putting the dishes away, something like that. It can be nice. And one of the things that I've seen uh, is that people are talking about celebrities and people who have money, who have wealth, They're talking about the inconvenience of not being able to work, having to be at home, the things that they're doing at home, all these things about baking bread and perfecting these kinds of uh, home skills, cooking and whatnot. I appreciate all that. I understand all of that. Uh, I also feel strongly that 
this is a wonderful time to to do some things like that. And when people say, I've seen everything there is to see on Netflix, I'm thinking, okay, that's one way to use this time. And another way to use this time is prayer, meditation. How can we be truly helpful to our brothers and sisters? How can we really support people? And and I'm so grateful for the ways that I I see in my life I've organized to be able to help people. So for those of us who are spiritual students, this is the time we've trained for, we've been waiting for, that we've been saying for years and years, if only I had more time for my spiritual practice. Now we have it. And that's what I see happening in our community is people's spiritual practices are deepening profoundly and their prayer partnerships, prayer fellowship are deepening profoundly and people are really diving into the spiritual practices that we use in Masterful Living and Finding Freedom and it's profound. I'm going to do another Finding Freedom in the fall and Masterful Living registration will open uh, later in the fall, and uh, we start Masterful Living in January. I'm also going to do another Stop Playing Small retreat because the last one was so good. Oh my God, it was so good. And so you can look for that in September. The last two weekends in September, we're going to do Stop Playing Small. And, uh, it's it's so so beautiful what we can choose to do with our time and energy and how much healing we can happen how extraordinary it can be people have been telling me in masterful living i don't know what i would have done if i wasn't in this course i don't i just don't know how i could have handled it it would have been so so hard for me and Spiritual practice is available for everyone. It really is. Ask spirit to show you what will work best for you to deepen your spiritual practice. That's what I did. I I said, spirit, you got to show me the way because I don't know how to find it. You have to show it to me. And that's... What the things that have come through are what I share in finding freedom and masterful living, the things that actually worked for me in transforming my mind. And so to have, give all to all. So giving it away, giving away patience and love and kindness and gentleness, these are the practices that lead to a harmonious life. So when there is a challenge, in the very moment there is a challenge, and it's so tempting to make a snarky remark, to cut someone off. The things that we do roll our eyes, the huffing that we do, these kinds of sounds and noises and looks we make to the people in our life to express our displeasure with them, our disgust with them. It's all a projection of our feelings about ourselves onto other people. So right there is an opportunity for us to see if we're making these sounds and noises and gestures and eye rolls and things like this towards the people in our life, whether they're on television or whether they're sitting beside us on the sofa, driving in the car, in the next cubicle, wherever they are. Are we choosing to live in harmony? No, we are not. So I I really like finding in my life little practical places where I can make a change. And there is a good one. 
just noticing, do I give myself permission to eye roll, to huff and puff, to do this? That little, oh. <laughs> That's such a familiar thing for me. Oh. <laughs> Let's pay attention. Let's spot, shine a huge spotlight on these things because they disrupt, disrupt the harmony. They truly, truly do. Yes. So let's choose a harmonious life. I've got more practical tips like that in the second half of this podcast. It's time for us to take a break here in just a moment. And as we're going to break, I'm going to invite you to consider uh, checking out the resources at livingacourseofmiracles.com. We've got so much free stuff for you. Also at jenniferhadley.com. We love to share, and we've got a lot to share. To have, give all to all. (laughs) So true. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and you're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're living the love, we're walking the talk, and I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. So we're talking about how to live harmoniously. And uh, just today, uh, I was looking at some of the wonderful things that people said about my Stop Playing Small online retreat that I did uh, back in June and it was so good it was really powerful people had so much healing and transformation from it I'd never done an online retreat before people loved it and 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 I because I love doing the in-person retreats we have so much transformation but people just thought this was awesome and people who've been on retreat with me thought it was awesome so I'm so glad that we can figure out how to do things in these times of COVID that uh, Spirit is showing us a way, like with our Sundays with Spirit, Sunday services. I've been wishing to do that for years. For years, I've been feeling it would be so great if we could do an online Sunday service. But I just thought, oh, I can't add one more thing. But then with the virus, I said, oh, we're doing it now. Now's the time. <laughs> we need to come together on a Sunday and reboot our week. And we're loving it. It's so wonderful. And this Sunday, we have Lisa Natoli. I know it's going to be so much fun. Oh, my gosh. So come and join us. And you can get the replays. We've had John Mundy. We've had Lisa before, Jimmy Twyman. We've had um, uh, Freedom Cartwright. We've had Maureen Muldoon. And gosh, more. David Hoffmeister. We've got Tamad Keeves coming up. We, we've got just, it's wonderful. It's such a blessing. Such, such a blessing. And I invite you to watch the replays or come join us live. And Stop Playing Small Retreat registration will open soon. And I'm going to do a special offer to entice you to also sign up for Finding Freedom because it's been a powerful combination. We had a bunch of people who did the retreat and now they're in Finding Freedom and they are rocking it, rocking the transformation. That's See, I'm an immersion kind of person. I'm not a dabbler. I mean, I I can dabble with certain things, but not with my spirituality. And I like having a healing. I like really getting in there and doing the work and having a healing. And I like to help other people do that. Too. Sometimes people will come and they'll say, like in a one-on-one session or something, people will say, "Oh my gosh, I have so much resistance. I have so much reluctance. I, I just honestly don't think these things can work for me. I don't think I have what it takes." 
And I've been studying these books for years and years and years, and I don't seem to make any progress. I'm so resistant. I don't take the steps that need to be taken. And I'll say, well, I think all that is about to change because you would not be speaking with me if you weren't ready to really change and transform because that's my thing. (laughs) Activation. In fact, I even came up with a wonderful guided meditation counseling session that our our spiritual counselors uh, work with the the folks in our classes one on one is called the activation session and it's powerful really transformative so the we can catapult ourselves into a harmonious life and our willingness is all that's required. I had so much resistance, so much reluctance, a lot of fear, and giving it away to the Holy Spirit is how I have been able to transform. It, and, and also really having these individual little tools, tips, techniques that Spirit gave me to focus on. And doing that has brought me so much benefit. So that's what I'd like to talk about now in terms of living a harmonious life. So let's look at how we project the things we don't like about ourselves onto other people. And the many ways that it becomes the focus of our complaints, our habits of taking offense, of judging, criticizing, and it starts to take up so much room in our mind. The things we don't like. Is it possible for us to live a harmonious life when so much of our time, energy, and attention, our focus, is on what we don't like. Is it possible to have harmonious relationships when we're so focused on what we don't like about people? Is it possible for us to feel good about ourselves when we're so focused on what we don't like about ourselves? Is it possible for us to enjoy our home or our job or our friends when we're so focused on their faults and their shortcomings. If we can accept that all of that is, quite honestly, a projection of our feelings about ourselves onto the world, and instead of managing and coping with our complaints and our feeling offended, the hurts, if we can instead look at it and say, I'm inflicting this onto myself. When I'm offended, I am generating a violent kind of emotional energy that I'm inflicting it on myself. So let's say someone does something in the world doesn't matter what, and I'm offended. How dare they? Look at that. That's horrible. I am generating a violent kind of negative energy, emotional. It's also mental thoughts. It's it's often accompanied by a physical sensation in my body, a tightness. I'm generating all of that because of I say what somebody else is doing. Of course, it's not what they're doing. It's how I'm holding in their mind with judgment what they're doing. And they're doing that in my space to trigger me so that I can look at these patterns and heal them. But if I don't, if I just run through that mental, emotional, physical pattern of being offended... And all the time and energy and everything that it takes for me to do that, it's not the right use of my 
attention, my energy, my spirit. And very importantly, it is without question a kind of torturing of myself. It's certainly a huge distraction. And it is not even remotely possible to be harmonious or joyful while doing it. So if I give myself permission to be offended, if I give myself permission to attack, to judge, to complain, to criticize, if I give myself permission to invest in this energetic where I can feel it rising in my my mind, my emotions, my physical body, I am inflicting upon myself a lack of peace, a lack of harmony, an upset. I don't have to. I realized that, and I it was through my uh, practice of nonviolence. I was writing about that in my Sunday blog a bit. Uh, I write a daily shot of spiritual espresso. It's my blog, and that's what I call it, my daily shot of spiritual espresso. And um, last Sunday, this past Sunday, uh, August 2nd, I was writing about my experience of Congressman John Lewis and his teacher, Reverend Jim Lawson, who was my teacher for a number of years. We shared a teacher at different times in our lives. And uh, so grateful for that teaching that I had from Reverend Lawson and for the personal practice of nonviolence and the study of nonviolence as taught by Martin Luther King Jr. and Mahatma Gandhi and others. And so it was through my uh, work with A Season for Nonviolence and the Center for Advancement of Nonviolence back in the 90s that I started to write my daily shot of spiritual espresso. It started as writing about the ways that we could practice nonviolence. And so that's how I really got started with living a more harmonious life, looking at the practices in my life that were energetically violent, unloving, unkind, and just owning, oh, I'm inflicting this on myself. When I eat that, and then I feel like I've eaten something that uh, is laying there in my stomach, It was delicious going in, but now I don't feel so good. That's like a subtle act of attack on my body, on myself. I don't need to do that anymore. And I started to really look deeply around my life at the ways that I was not allowing the harmonious nature of spirit to exist to be expressed. So one of the things I I teach about in Masterful Living, in Finding Freedom a little bit more in Masterful Living, is that the spiritual qualities of life are omnipresent, omnipotent, omniactive. Spiritual qualities are love, joy, freedom, peace, harmony, wisdom, clarity, abundance, prosperity, and more. So they're, they're always active. They're always available. They're part of, in, you could think of uh, light has a spectrum, like a rainbow spectrum of light. There's ultraviolet light and uh, infrared light. There's different uh, colors of light in the full spectrum of light. When we see a rainbow, we're seeing those different aspects Uh, uh, of the spectrums of light. And the spiritual qualities are, in a sense, like the spectrum of love, that harmony and peace and joy and freedom and wisdom and clarity, beauty 
etc., they're all expressions of love. Abundance, prosperity, these are expressions of love. They're aspects, maybe a better word, of love. Love is the ground of our being. Love is the nature of God. So these spiritual qualities are the nature of God. We can express them or not express them. And the the way it was taught to me in the invisible by spirit and you could say it was Jesus you could say it was Master Saint Germain you could say it was the angels you could say it was my higher self doesn't really matter to me but the way spirit taught me about this is that these spiritual qualities are always available to us when we seek the kingdom within Instead of looking for happiness outside of ourselves. When we look for that deep fulfillment to come from our connection with God in our own mind, in our own heart. Then we will discover that we have access to all of these spiritual qualities. And we can demonstrate wisdom. We can demonstrate joy. We can demonstrate Harmony and freedom and clarity and beauty and all of these spiritual qualities when we're attuned to them. And if we're focused on complaining and judging and criticizing, if we don't have patience and kindness and compassion and generosity of heart, then we will not experience our access to these spiritual qualities because we're not interested in them. We're not aligned with them. We're not of a similar vibration in that moment. So this was what I began to realize that it was up to me. And this is what everyone who participates in Finding Freedom Masterful Living comes to realize that, oh, I'm the one who's blocking the love. I'm the one who's blocking the prosperity. I'm the one who's blocking the career advancement. I'm the one who's blocking the creative expression. I'm the one who's blocking the healing in my body. I am the one. And I can change my mind about it. I can do something differently. So to have, extend all to all. Can we have the peace of God if we're judging and criticizing and complaining? No, of course not. It's not possible. So it's it's always about getting real with ourselves. We, we must move out of the intellect and into the heart in order to experience the peace of God, the joy of God, the harmony of God. So when we're looking at our brothers and sisters and we're we're complaining, we're rolling our eyes, and we're expecting from them the things we don't like. Because then we have that emotional hit of righteousness. Ah, you see, I knew he was going to disrespect me. Ah, you see, I knew she wouldn't remember to do what she said she would do. When we operate in that way, We're going to experience life as a constant disappointment. But the true disappointment is not life disappointing us. We are disappointing ourselves and projecting it onto the world. We're disappointing ourselves by not choosing to be truly helpful We're not choosing to be generous of heart. We're not choosing to demonstrate the spiritual qualities of beauty and wholeness and joy and wisdom and harmony. Instead, we're choosing separation. Whenever we choose condemnation, taking offense, complaining we are 
choosing separation. And so for me, I began back in the 90s by looking at it as violence and nonviolence. Nonviolence being love. So it was love or violence. I just started to look at everything that way. Love or violence. If I eat that, is it love or violence? If I say that, is it love or violence? If I think that, is it love or violence? If I do that, is it love or violence? So if I stay up late watching some program that really doesn't matter, doesn't matter that I watch it now, is that love or violence? Making it black and white like that was so helpful to me. If I don't extend love and compassion to that person, if I miss the opportunity to be truly helpful to them, is it love? Maybe it wouldn't be violence, but is it love? If I hear their cry for love and I don't answer it, with love. What is my life for? What is it about? I'm not in league with the infinite. I'm not in tune with the infinite. If there's a cry for love and I'm not responding to it, what am I doing? What is the point of my existence? I'm not here to be entertained. Or to entertain. I'm not here for either of those things. I'm here for one reason only. To be truly helpful. If I'm not being truly helpful, what is the point? There is no point. And so then I'm going to feel disappointed. And I'm going to project that disappointment that I have in myself onto the world as complaints and judgments, and criticism, and taking offense. It all emanates from within. This is why self-forgiveness is the way. And in case you don't know, I've got a plan for that. (laughs) Taking a page out of Elizabeth Warren's book, I've got a plan for that. So, on the homepage at jenniferhadley.com, there is a free workshop called How to Get Over It. That's my self-forgiveness workshop, How to Get Over It. And so I invite you, if you haven't done it, to do it. It's free. And you can get a friend or a couple of friends together and have a forgiveness party It's a great thing to do if you're not in quarantine or if you're in quarantine with people you could do it with. I know couples that have done it, they're divorced and they've done it to help strengthen their family and it's been successful for them. I know um, parents and children, adult parents and children that have done it together and it was really helpful to them. So there's you listen to the workshop and the great thing is you can pause Uh, at different parts whenever you feel like it to discuss amongst yourselves and today happens to be a full moon great time for releasing and harvesting the wisdom and until we let go of the resentments the regrets and the things that are the components of unforgiveness We can't really harvest the wisdom from our experiences. So full moon is the ultimate time to do this self-forgiveness work. And it's always about self-forgiveness. Even if it seems like it's about forgiving others, it's still a projection. And knowing that and understanding that is so helpful in healing. So you can get the workshop. It's totally free. Gather some people. You can even do it on Zoom. Heck yeah, of course you can. And I do encourage you to uh, get your favorite foods and make a potluck and, and have those comfort foods and remember to laugh together and, and do the work together. And 
It's powerful. It's beautiful. Allow several hours if you're really going to make a thing of it. And you won't regret it. Trust me, you won't regret it. And if you have friends who are not into A Course in Miracles or close people in your life who are not into doing this forgiveness work, but maybe they'd like to cultivate a more harmonious life and, and forgive themselves for projecting all this stuff out onto other people, uh, you could do the workshop with them and it would be a kind of a soft way to introduce them to A Course in Miracles where you don't have to sell it or anything like that. It's uh, it's a workshop that will make sense to everyone. I've I've never had anybody say to me, "Oh, you know, I did this with my friend and and it 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 uh, didn't go well." Never heard that. So, it's an opportunity for you during this time to take a few hours and profoundly strengthen your spiritual practice in that way. Yes, so we can eliminate these little complaints and all these little things that disrupt the harmony, especially sarcasm. Just put an end to sarcasm. Sarcasm is hilarious to me. I used to be such a sarcastic person. It still comes out from time to time. But if you'd like to have a more intimate relationship with anyone in your life, have a closer relationship with them, you must eliminate sarcasm directed at them. It absolutely destroys closeness. Yes. You know, here's another thing that I can share with you is the Course of Miracles text messages, inspirational text messages. Uh, you you can sign up for them at acimtexts.com, acimtexts.com. And if you would like a simple way to make a contribution to the podcast and support, love $5 a month, $10 a month, really makes a difference. And you can sign up for that at acimtexts.com. It's time for me to go. Hand on my heart. Let us say we are grateful and thankful for the love of God that shines in our awareness always. We share the benefits with everyone. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Have a great rest of your week. Mwah.